Hi, it's Hannah Burner. And Des Bishop. Thanks for calling the Burner phone. If you leave a message after the tone, we may have to make it into a podcast. Welcome back, my little dialers. Look, little dialers is sticking because I've had a couple gigglers come up to me and say, hey, I'm a giggler and a little dialer. And it seems like people have made their decision. Yeah, the decision's made. I'm I'm over here in Ireland. I got I got a, tra- a traumatized fry, little mini terrier slash uh, whatever kind of dog he is. She is, mm-hmm. and uh, she <laughs> misgenders st- her. She still hasn't. Re- well, you know, because her mother named her after Stephen Fry. So <laughs> I think of Stephen Fry, and I get a male in my head, and then Fry is female. So Who's anyway, Stephen Fry is he on TikTok? He's not on TikTok. He's like a <laughs> he's a very famous British uh, commentator guy, uh, comedian. Anyway, uh, Fry <laughs> is next to me, and she's traumatized because cultural difference between America and Ireland. They do fireworks on Halloween in Ireland, and the fireworks were out of control last night. So Fry is, is hasn't recovered yet. Dogs are like, why is this happening? Why would yeah. they do this to us? <laughs> I felt, I, I, I felt terrible. I mean, it didn't, it didn't stop till like one a.m. Um, you know, I think it's crazy. We've done burner phone for so long, and we haven't done an advice episode. I think because it was like too obvious in the beginning that obviously we wanted to give some fun advice, but we we wanted to try more creative ideas. But now I'm like, let's get to it. What do the people need? What kind of unprofessional, strong opinions and advice can we throw out there to the little dialers? And we got a lot this week, didn't we? Oh, oh yeah, we, we absolutely got a lot. You know, we did do an advice episode in the, the previous incarnation of this podcast. But are you ready for... Uh Hi, Hannah and Des. I love you guys both. Thank you for making the podcast. I listen to you guys every single week. I'm in sales and I have to be in the car, so it really helps me get through my week. So I really appreciate it. Um, My question is probably more for Hannah. Uh, From one college athlete to another, um, as we know, the word no is not really a thing to us. Um, growing up, we didn't understand what the word no meant. It wasn't an option for us. Uh, we didn't know how to use it until we graduated college. So at the riping age of 33, holy shit, I just aged myself at the riping age of 32. Uh, sometimes I still can't figure it out. My brain's not wired properly to say no. So any advice for me? How are you navigating that is your brain still wired that way and um yeah any notes okay um i'm feeling attacked (laughs) um (laughs) and we're starting strong i first of all i love this girl i want to hold you i want to um i want to just make you feel better because i did cold calling sales actually out of college because all you know is that like keep fighting keep working hard I'm gonna outwork everyone and I have no boundaries Des one thing he's helped me with or at least guided me is to tell me that I need to say no to more things but I'm an opportunist I'm always like how do I know when to say no my parents used to have to tell coaches to tell them you have to tell her when to stop or like her feet will bleed and like you're taught that this is a good thing but it's actually you kind of leaving yourself, um, shoot, you're betraying yourself 
when you don't say no to things you want to say no to. But the problem is it's hard to know what you... There's so many voices in your head, you don't know which voice is actually the right voice. You have like your coaches, your parents. Let me ask you a question to to tease this out a little bit because what is it about being a college athlete that leaves you with the inability to say no? Ooh, good question, babe. Well, that's why I'm curious because I want to get to the bottom of it. When... Because, when you're a college you're athlete, because you're not good at you're not good at saying no. And when this woman messaged in, I was like, "Wow, th- I didn't know that this might partially be connected to, uh, you know, being an athlete." Well, when you're an athlete, your job is to be coachable. So you have to trust your coach. And when they say jump, you don't go, "Do I want to jump?" No, you just go, "How high?" And when you're a college athlete, it means you're kind of at the top of your game. And then if you're on scholarship. You're not a human making decisions. You show up, you have a calendar, they tell you where you're going to be every day for the next 10 months, when's practice, when's travel, when's footwork, when's weights, when's matches. And you are not making decisions for yourself. You're literally like cattle and you go when you're told to. That's what being a good, you know, teammate and athlete is. It's not a when you're too in your own like is this what I'm comfortable with? Then you get in your head and you don't perform well. Am I nervous? Do I feel like this is a safe space for me? No, you just got to go. So then I ca- I started living my whole life like that where it's like, what do people need me to do? I'll do it. Oh, this will make other people happy? Fine, I'll do it. Can I, can I ask you a question? Uh, are, are all the self-care questions for yourself in that voice? <laughs> Can you can you only express self care in the oh is this okay for me? <laughs> it's funny that you, it's a it's funny that you put on that voice for self care. You, you know, it's my own. That was my own misogyny coming out. Misogyny. That it's like a girl being like, "Are you okay?" Oh right, okay. And that like men are tough, um, but yeah, I do think that. You one thing I learned because I'm obviously very you know result oriented as an athlete. You want to win. You want to win. Qu- what can I do to win? If I do things too nice to myself, then I'm being you know spoiled and selfish, and I'm not working hard enough. It's 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 not healthy. So I've learned to tell myself that when you say no to things, you're actually more in your own alignment. And when you say no, it opens the door for other things. And that's where I was like, oh, so it's not black and white. Like if I say no, I lose an opportunity. It actually can help put you in a better situation for where you want to be, which isn't like one plus one equals two. Yeah, but it's also, you know, you have to value yourself, you know, so like it, it, it's, it's a mindset and it's, it's not a perfect, it's not a perfect equation, right? Like there's, there's times where you should do things that you don't want to do professionally. Yes. And there are yeah. times where you have to say, I can't base all my decisions of the fear of what I might miss out if I say no, because I know that I don't have the time. I won't be able to give myself to this thing completely, or I think I'm worth more than this and I don't need to people please to say yes. So a lot of the times it comes with the maturity of, of, of valuing yourself, especially like in our, in our job and you know, uh, which is, it's 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 analogous to be honest to being an athlete but in our job there are times where you feel like if you say no to something that there will be nothing else you know there's like a fear of of you know the the person that you is asking you to do this will never want to work with you again and yeah that's a bad that's a bad mindset you're, you're you're not you're not doing things for the right reasons then 
I try to put myself in other people's shoes where sometimes I think if I say no to things, people think I'm a bitch and stuff. But mm. then I think when I've asked other people to do stuff and they say no, I almost respect them more. I'm like, oh, wow. Like they are, they're on their shit. They know what they're capable of. They know. And, and I, I always respect them more and honestly, like want to be friends with them more. And it, I think it happens that way in work too, where you're like, sorry, this is, I can't do this. Um, people actually respect it. And I also think in relationships with dating, when I would put boundaries and be like, yeah, that's not what I'm interested in. I felt like stronger from it and more respected. And I, I think saying no is not just in work, but it is in relationships. It is in friendships. Say no to everything. <laughs> you always bring it back to anal. You always bring it back to anal. Um, anyway, that's that's a joke because I know we were having a serious conversation, but I felt. Oh, I, babe, I love how you just sprung that on me. I, I felt. That was I funny. felt. I felt a laughter obligation, but I. That's you know, I, I do. I, I just want to point out that that's such an interesting uh, thing that you said about. Sometimes I feel like if I say no, I'm being a bitch, which is it's crazy to think that. You're more concerned about how you not doing something that you don't want to do would be insulting, how that would ins- affect somebody else rather than how it would affect yourself. And that is very down to self-care 101. Sometimes you have to look after yourself first. Wow. We're getting so deep on this first one, just opening up my all my wounds, put some salt on it. This is healthy. Because when I say, yeah, I I know sometimes I can't control my happiness and I know that when I make other people happy, it makes me happy. So sometimes I will just focus on like, well, if I can't be happy, let's see if I can make people around me happy. And then as a result, you're still not happy (laughs) because if, and and it's not their fault. They're just, you know, throwing it out there because you're the one that's betraying yourself. No one else knows what you really need. And if you don't know what you need, that's okay too. I didn't know for a while. But looking back at my whole life, the best things that have happened to me are when doors have closed in my face. Like when I said no, I didn't want to continue playing tennis. That's when I got, I moved back to New York and I got to like find this creative side to me. Like getting out of relationships has sometimes, people love like the girlies. When you get out of a relationship, you glow the fuck up. It's like leaving a job. You always like level up. Um, I do love, I love breakups. I love losing jobs. I think it's, that always grows. But for me, I prefer when people do it. To, it's like I prefer if you break up with me than I break up with you. <laughs> so, How did we get here? I have no idea. Honestly, you. you, you Are you I, breaking I, up with me? Sorry, I, I I got completely lost. It was, but that, I thought you know I think that's good. But the most important thing is it's okay. To, it's okay to say no. But obviously, it's 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 just as important to you know to to step back and go you know what what is so important uh, that I I shouldn't say no and what is absolutely okay to say no despite what I'm taking from this uh caller this dialer is that there are times where she knows she should say no but it's very uncomfortable for her to do that and that's like that's yes. the learned behavior that's breaking the habits of a lifetime that can be hard you almost have to just force yourself as an exercise to just do it yeah, because as an athlete, you really can turn off your mind and just do things and push past things because that's what makes a great athlete. But Des, we can't ignore the fact that you are truly spectacular at saying no to things and uh, having you in my life and seeing how you respect yourself and your boundaries is 
actually pretty inspirational. Honestly, it gets it gets it gets easier to say no as you get older because you just actually just get like more tired and you just kind of (laughs) you also just kind of know like there's only so much energy that you have, you know. So you you just know like there's too many times in my life where I have begrudgingly been doing something that I knew I shouldn't have said yes to and I jammed myself up. You know, and there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse than the scenario where you say yes to too much stuff, which honestly, part of the problem with saying yes is you often say yes, you know, in in advance of things, not really paying attention to how much you've said yes to. Yes. When the time actually comes, you're sitting there really resentful for how much stuff you have to do, and then you're miserable, yep. and you don't actually, you don't do it well, and you begin, you can end up resenting the person that you said yes to. You don't need yep. that stuff. I always joke that future Hannah has so much energy. Hannah in the future <laughs> is a social butterfly. She's out in these streets. They're, they'll say something next week. And I'm like, absolutely. Good advice I got once was when someone asked you if you could do something in the future, ask yourself, would you want to do this tonight? And if you don't feel like doing it that night, you're not going to feel like doing it in two weeks from now, even if your schedule's open. And that was great advice. So well, that, that was well covered. Well covered, I <laughs> yes, felt. Yes, yes, yes. Um, great right. question. Great question. I mean, listen, it was very relevant to, to both our lives, to be honest. Um, all right, let's, let's go. Hey, guys. I am a college student, so... I wanted your advice on long-distance relationship because I am with my girlfriend for like seven to eight months and we're long-distance, but we're having some problems in the long-distance relationship. How do, you, how do you keep the spark alive in the relationship after seven or eight months from long-distance when we see each other like once or twice a month maximum? Obviously, we don't know the details of this, how old they are, what the th- how far that kind of stuff but i feel like long distance needs to have like a gold star like oh when i finish college i'll be moving to your state like there it can't be just like up in the air or it gets kind of like yeah it's a little boring indefinite long distance is i think impossible you know uh yeah it only works when it's uh when it's a means to an end in terms of temporary long distance because you're you're bettering your situation but long term you're committed to each other. But assuming that, let's let's just put it in the context of it's uh it's quite a long period of time of long distance, but that that they have they have some goal in the future. Let's just give some some long distance relationship advice. I mean, I've had a lot of long distance relationships. I don't I don't know about you. I had one in college. Um and it, it, in certain parts of your life it's good cuz like if you're really busy, you know, it's nice to be able to not have to spend so much physical time with someone all the time and you could just have someone. I always do a phone call at night. I'll like barely text during the day sometimes, but like nighttime, there's always a call of a recap of the day. If you're not FaceTiming or calling, the texting starts to feel empty or like feels like work. So I'm fine with just like at the end of the day, you do that nice call um, with a little phone sex, a little FaceTime sex, if, yeah, if you're I, feeling I, frisky. I, I, think, I think phone sex is a great way to remain close. Well, you know, FaceTime sex these days. I think in a, in a true long-distance relationship, that's kind of... That's oh, yeah, back in the day, you just had phone sex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. You had to be good with the, the adjectives. I apologize about the dog. That's fireworks are still, are still going off. You know, uh, I, 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 you have to do stuff like that to feel close. And you also have to, it's very easy 
because your life happens when you're away, right? Like when you're in, when you're apart, like, you know, there's a sense of like, it's very easy to forget about your partner, not in a selfish way, just life happens, right? You don't have to get home and, and see your partner. So suddenly you're meeting up with your friends, you're doing the work that you need to do. And it's very easy for a whole day to go by. And you can't, at some stage of the day, that both people have to feel like that you guys have set time aside for each other. Because mm. once you allow, once you stop doing that, the distance will grow. Because it distance is going to grow anyway when you're when you're long distance. It's only natural. You you will feel less close. So you can't accelerate that by a suddenly feeling like there's it's an inconvenience to have to contact each other, especially if there's like time difference and stuff like that. Also, with with some therapy. Um, this is still unprofessional. I'm not a therapist. I have learned that some people tend to lean towards long distance. Like, you know, some people who are always in a long distance relationship. And I'm like, how have you found four boyfriends in a row who all happen to live in California? And sometimes you don't realize it, but you're like, actually have a little bit of that, like, emotional intimacy like intimacy issues where you are afraid to like have someone see all of you and be there with all of you and have to actually share a life with someone that you are attracting someone who also is kind of unavailable whether it's distance or emotionally so sometimes if this keeps happening to you be aware of that and be like oh maybe I need to be more available emotionally and you'll start attracting more people in your vicinity because I've been guilty of that where I'm like oh perfect I could just like text this hot person and feel fulfilled and it doesn't last long enough and it's not real fulfillment um but obviously there are times where you're gonna like me and you we haven't seen each other for three weeks but I know I'm you're coming back we're going on the road together well, and, I have things that I'm excited married. about we're married. We are legally binded at <laughs> this point. We did we did get a lawyer involved and a, and a judge, and we did throw a pretty big party for it. And also, I think the other thing with long distance relationships is you 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 have to try to avoid letting the frustration build. Like mm. communication is almost more important in a long distance relationship because if you let the frustration build, uh, the the distance will just explode. You know, so it's 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 very important to express at all times any frustrations you have, any misgivings, and uh, and uh, yeah, obviously this is pretty obvious, but you have to actually be more expressive. You have to use your words. Yes. To create, you have to use your words to create closeness. You know, and that yes. that can that can be hard for some people. But that's why sometimes I don't like to text like everything I'm doing throughout the day. Like I'll say like I miss you, funny photo, but then at night you like save it so you can have that like long discussion. And like relationships really are just talking to someone for the rest of your life and having that banter. Um, but also sometimes it's like just because you have good banter with someone and it can be kind of like a drug where when you see them, you're on such a high and then they leave and you're, you're just yearning for them and they come and it's this high, but it's like sometimes that's not real because it's just this like idea of them in your head mm -hmm. so i'm saying there's two parts some people they are the love of your life that you're struggling long long distance with but sometimes it's kind of this like made-up thing in your head like i've dated people long so, distance. sorry can i just interrupt you for a sec this poor guy was looking for advice and you're basically telling him he, he's not really in love <laughs> <laughs> no i'm throwing look because he did not give us a lot of details i'm throwing a lot of different scenarios I'm throwing a lot of different scenarios, my, but my thing also, I'm very quick to be like, oh, we're struggling. Like, let's, let's not do this. <laughs> like if you're struggling too hard, I'm like, life is short, babe. Um, 
I've been in a situation before where I did long distance for a while. And whenever we were together, it was like so awesome. And then when we moved in together, I was like, who is this person? And like the vibes were like completely different. And I realized how a lot of it was kind of made up in my head of what I thought it was. So spending quality time together is really important for you to really know what you're signing up for. I know a lot of people who have been like, I'm in love with this guy I met in España during spring break. And then who goes there in spring break? Um, But then they like finally date for four months together. And she's like, he's annoying. (laughs) But anyway, to summarize, uh, phone sex, communication and, uh, you know, um, making sure you let each other know when things are bugging you. Yeah. And also it is fun to do little exciting things like send her flowers and surprise her, send her like Uber eats when she's sick or like if she's hungry, like doing those little things is very fun. Um, and just, yeah, constant communication. Talk that talk. Wonderful. Let's go, let's go somewhere else. That's, that, that, that's a good, uh, disparity of, uh, of, of, of advice. All right, here we go. This is, a, this is really down your street. Hey, Hannah and Des. Um, love you both. Love the pod. So I need advice because I have been hooking up with this guy for about two months now. We met on a hookup app, um, and it was very clearly just about sex at the beginning. But we've since been going on dates, spending a lot of time together, and I'm definitely starting to catch feelings. I'm wondering at what point it's appropriate for me to say something because I don't want to scare him off. And I mean, as much as I would like for him to tell me he has feelings for me too, I also don't really want to stop hooking up with him just in case he doesn't have feelings for me. But I don't want to get hurt and I feel like I'm kind of setting myself up for eventually getting hurt. So after two months of hooking up with someone, do you think it's appropriate to tell them that you're starting to catch feelings? And do you think I'm being delusional? Uh, would love your advice. What a truly incredible question because what makes it interesting is they met on a hookup app. As in, she was like, all I want to do is fuck. I just want to fuck and I'm not looking for a relationship. So this adds a little twist to it. And I, lo- you're not being delusional, babe. You're perfect. I deal with stuff with humor where like, if he's hanging out with you all the time, clearly he's enjoying being with you. I like the way um, I got Des to propose was I just started like sending him wedding rings. I was just like, we love each other. We're getting married. I was texting wedding rings all the time. I think with this man, you, you start texting him wedding rings you just, and you're like, and if he gets weird, you're like, it's a joke. Hannah. It's a fucking joke. No, th- and and <laughs> Tyler, this is also a joke. What Hannah just said. This is, this is also a joke. No, but I could see myself literally start being like, okay, you're literally in love with me. Okay, you're obsessed with me. No, no. I would, I would, listen, babe, listen. I'd be like, okay, you're obsessed with me. He keeps me like, you want to hang out? I'm like, okay, you're obsessed with me. And you're lit. He thinks it's a joke, but you're subconsciously putting it into his head, and he's gonna wake up in the morning and be like, I'm in love with her. Men are very simple, and Des not understanding this. this you're is- not understanding this because that's your boy brain. Okay. Well, uh, as it turns out. Uh, <laughs> Boy brains, when it comes to how men process information, sometimes they have a decent uh, thing. You you have to just, after two months, you, you have to let him know that you have feelings because if if you th- 
think that he'll take a hike. It's better that he takes a hike. You don't want to stay in that situation uh, if you're... Uh, if you're not getting back what you need at this stage. <laughs> okay, Des and I are finding out who's the toxic one in this relationship. No, but- <laughs> oh my God. Babe, that was so mature of you. Okay, I, I hear what you're saying. I don't think I personally have ever told anyone that I have feelings for them because I think feelings are like a two-way street where like you should never have to be like, are we a thing? And... I know it's hard because he's clearly like, I met you on a dating app, but I think it starts to get to the point where like you kind of play that like, you like me, like you like me. No, I mean, <laughs> you like me. But, but the, and then he'll but, be like, I like you. And then I'm like, I like you. And then you're like, let's have babies. Hannah, but the thing is that she's, she's expressing that she's reached the point where she has feelings and she doesn't know what's coming. She's unclear I know, about what's saying- coming back. Okay, she's yeah, she's unclear about his feelings. I don't know. Okay, I have issues and I've never said to someone I have feelings for you. But it 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 either like we both have feelings for each other or it's not happening. Um I think you know what I mean? Well, I like I, it's I, either I, I just you know? know I just know that after 2 months when you've reached a point of the relationship where there's a there's a casual element to it that you're no longer 100% comfortable with because you you're 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 emotionally connected to the guy. You want to make sure that you're not wasting your time because she's concerned about yeah. getting hurt. And not only I is know. she concerned about getting hurt, she's she's so concerned about him not being into her that she's willing to not communicate what she really feels out of fear of driving him away. Which that I don't like that place for I a know. person. I think the truth need- is you should you should get out instead of like not saying your feelings but still hooking up because it'll just get worse and it is a waste of your time. And, and she saying. and she ex- well no she expresses that that yeah. she she doesn't want to get hurt by just staying in it uh, without you know truly being honest about how she feels and and the the whole thing I is, just think, the whole, yeah. no I was going to say that the whole thing of being afraid that it will drive him away. It's better to drive him away now by being gently honest that you feel like we've gotten to a stage where maybe we need to just define a little bit more what's going on here. I, I I personally don't think that's crazy at all. And in my... Also, do you like him or you just like him because he told you he doesn't want to date you? Well, I mean, we, Hannah, we don't have, we, she's not there. We don't have the answer to that question. I, I, but as in, he's giving very, like, this is my hookup. This is a hookup. This is a, but look, I also think you don't have to be dorky with it. Like, you don't have to be like, I have to tell you something. I like you. Like, it doesn't have to be that, like, abrupt. It could be a little more chill where it's like, I'm actually having fun, not only when we're hooking up. Like, I enjoy being with you. And it's only been two months, so you're still on dopamine. So just let him know, like, I'm down to, like... I mean, I mean but you're what, clearly hanging out anyway. Well, what's wrong, what's wrong with the question of just, like, like, what do you... What do you where, where do you think we're at? Like, what do you think this is? And if he's like, well, I'm just happy hooking up, at least then she's got a bit of clarity. Or if he goes like, yeah, I don't know, I'm really into you, too. I don't know what... You know, I don't know if we need to define it, but at least she, she gets something. You know, I, I don't. I don't think it's a lot of I girls th- feel like if you were to say to a guy two months in that you're unsure about what is this, 
that's normally when it would be like, okay. Yeah, I know. But if the guy goes okay and he leaves, then you just saved yourself a month of bullshit because that's not going to yeah. change. That's not going to change. That's the whole thing. That isn't going to change. And if you're yeah. no longer comfortable with just hooking up, like if you know that you're past the point where the just hooking up part of this is all I want, then mm-hmm. you're, you're into the deluding yourself phase if you're not communicating it. Do you know what it is? I'm bad with this because I never just like hooking up. Like I only like to hook up with people I have emotions for. So she's already in a like has a a grasp on that where she can just hook up with guys and not have feelings for them. So maybe she is clear like, oh, this guy's different. Um, but two months is very early. You still don't really know him. I'm like, you don't like him, girl. You don't like him. <laughs> I, I my personal my personal thing. My personal feeling is you that know him. Uh, my personal thing is that it's 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 time enough to to have very light, tiny conversation of, you know, where where we at. We don't don't yeah. even you don't even have to throw definitions down. I think it's okay to be like Yeah, don't throw definitions down. Like where I would are we at? Like, where I would we? be like, I think I have a crush on you. I think that's what you should tell him. Say I think I have a crush on you. I mean when you're fucking, I think you're past the, the. I think I have a crush on you, face. <laughs> no, because they they were fucking with no emotion. So she's not saying I want you to be my boyfriend. You don't want to scare him off like that. But also, you shouldn't have to tippy toe with your words if the guys are right for you. Exactly. You know? That's what I'm you saying. Go, don't tiptoe yeah. around it because you're only wasting your time if if you're. Yeah. And 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 by the way, your fears might be unfounded. You know, like true. And if if it turned out that they were right, then good. You know, you, you clear that also, up. You don't want to fuck a guy who is like, oh, I'm not into you like that. The well, sex ex- will always be better with another dude that you're more in touch with and connected with. So, yeah, you got to tell him that you have a crush on him. What's going on? Communicate. And the day, number two, communicate. Yeah, I mean, it's talk, all- talk the talk. Little dialers. You talk to us. You talk to your partners. We're all getting laid. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's healthy, you know. And I, also, good for I, you. I, I, I'm proud of you. I'm I, proud of this girl for putting herself out there and meeting someone and having feelings. Congratulations. You're human and you're putting yourself out there and you're doing your thing, girl. Get it, girly. Um, let's do a lighthearted one. <laughs> Hi, Hannah Indez. I'm a woman in the arts who is spiraling in my late 20s. Um, today in therapy, my therapist told me that I'm funny and asked if I've ever considered doing improv or stand-up comedy. Now that my mental illness is cured because my therapist told me how funny I am, what would your advice be to someone who's considering getting into comedy? Thanks. Oh my Uh, God. Yes, bitch. Welcome to the mental ill club of stand-up comedy. I do think that for me, I'm my happiest when I'm creating. I'm my happiest when I'm finding the silly and the funny in things. When I'm laughing in that moment, it's it's the high for me when I'm making other people laugh. And so this is just like finding a new hobby. And I think it's like lean in. Um, if you're naturally like writing, I would write some sketches. I would write some bits. If you like performing, maybe on TikTok, start making some funny, you know, videos and i think just start leaning into this side of you that sees the world through laughter and through where where is the funny and silly and goofy in this and i'm excited for you my personal opinion is 
because it's very exhilarating, I highly recommend that you just book a book an open mic somewhere because mm-hmm. uh, there's no real way to prepare. People are always like obsessed about the preparation for getting up on stage, but actually the only way to prepare is to actually just get up because all the learning happens from being up there. So I would say, because what's the worst thing that can happen? You get up on stage, you do one stand-up comedy gig and you realize it's the most frightening experience. You never want to do it again. It'll still be one of the fun experiences of your life. So my advice would be find an open mic, book a spot, get up on stage, bring some friends and you never know. It could it could change your life. I, I got forced on stage and it changed my life. Who forced you? A, a, a comedian buddy of mine like, was like, kept saying, you should try, you should try. And then eventually he was just like, in two weeks time, you're doing a spot, that's it. So, wow. And then, and then I caught the bug. So I would say, uh, you know, just get on stage. The, the, all your, the- get your therapist, take your therapist to an open yes. mic. <laughs> you, well, it sounds like you're using your therapist as open mic and you're killing right now. So I love that for you. I also think um, you can sign up for like a stand-up class. There are like virtual ones. You could do an improv class. That's really fun if you want to be a little more like prepared. But Des is right. Like just going on stage and sometimes the... F- you know when you're in a conversation with someone and you're like, oh, I have to be funny and, and you find the funny? That's what you do in an open mic. And if you mess up, it's your first open mic. No one cares. Also, if things aren't landing, make fun of yourself for like not nailing jokes or like being too dirty. You're just like, oh, well, okay, that was over the crowd's head. Like you just have to be kind of likable like you're talking to your friends at brunch. I, I, it's so funny she asked this because I had a vision. Because you know how open mics are sometimes like very male-dominated and... I feel like there's a lot of girls that might be wanting to get into stand-up comedy in the future and it could be hard for them to just like alone stumble into an open mic and feel like they can talk about stuff in front of like a bunch of male comics and I was thinking of like doing like an open mic night where girls who are interested in starting stand-up comedy and I start like cultivating the future of female stand-up comedy in a female safe space. Uh, yeah, that, but I'm on the. That's how all the, the mess, all the messianic complexes start right at this moment, right here. Are you saying that I'm a I'm a I'm a cult starter right now? <laughs> no, but I do think that um, the suggestion of doing improv class is also great because that that's a huge social element too, you know, and yeah. and and it's and, it's it's a little less daunting. And the reason why I mentioned TikTok, even though TikTok obviously is more public, is that it's a safer environment sometimes instead of being like, oh, I'm going to go physically and be in a crowd and talk on a mic, which is a freaking high and so much fun. You can start being like, oh, I'm going to post on TikTok. A couple hundred people might see it and it could go viral. And the algorithm sends you to the right people sometimes of depending on what you're talking about. So the girlies see it. So creating some funny videos, going doing an open mic, doing a class, go get it, girl. Yeah, I just, think you should do it. Just do it. I think a lot of do people it, a lot of people have that regret in life that they th- they thought about performing and they didn't do it. I'm obsessed with Osea. I don't shut up about it. If I'm going to buy stuff for my skin, I want it to smell fucking amazing. I want to feel like I'm at a spa in Arizona getting the most incredible treatment, but really I'm just in my, you know, crappy apartment. But I feel gorgeous. I'm obsessed with Osea's new exfoliate and glow duo it's incredible because it has nourishing seaweed and it just elevates your body care you know during the summer my skin has been so sunburned and it needs nourishment for winter when now it's about to get extremely dehydrated 
I have so many Osea products for my girl shower to really make it incredible. Their Andaria Cleansing Body Polish provides an easy one-step exfoliating, cleansing, and moisturizing shower essential. And it has this gel to milk texture that I'm obsessed with, but really for me, the smell is so good. And their Andaria Algae Body Oil seals in hydration after the shower moisturizes and makes you glow all day. And it's not greasy because I'm naturally a greasy person. So for the winter, I love this body oil and body polish for the winter because sometimes I forget about my body. Like obviously I'm putting moisturizer on my face. The whole body needs attention too. The seaweed infused products are safe for your skin and for the planet for over 27 years. Everything they make is clean, vegan, cruelty free, climate neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. I love this brand Osea. I've been talking about it for a while. So let's save money on it. Save 16% on the Andaria Exfoliate and Glow Duo. Plus with the promo code, you'll get an additional 10% off and you get free samples. Mm. Everyone loves a free sample with every order and free shipping of orders over 60 bucks. So prep your skin for fall with clean vegan skincare from Osea. That's O-S-E-A. Right now we have a special discount for our listeners. 10% off your first order site-wide with code BURN at OseaMalibu.com. Head to O-S-E-A Malibu.com and use the code BURN for 10% off. Go get it, girlies. This one's, no, actually, you know what? Let's, this is real fucking drama. Hey, y'all. Love the podcast. Love Jiggly Squad. Um, I have a little bit of a crazy situation. I would love it if you could disguise my voice if possible. Um, my dad decided to move his girlfriend of two months and her son into our house. Keep in mind, I'm 21 and in college, so I still live with him. But I worked for him and I quit my job, got a new one. And applied for an apartment and got it. Did I react rashly? Is this crazy? Am I crazy? Um, I don't know, but love y'all. Thanks for the advice. Bye. Okay, I think this girl needs to hang out with the college athlete girl because this girl clearly knows boundaries. And I think you're not crazy you feel in your gut that this is like too much for you to handle right now and you're sensing some uneasiness. And I think instead of waiting for it to be a bad situation, I mean, also you're 21, you were going to get out of your parents' house eventually anyway, and this seems like a good time. And you're kind of like, okay, dad, do what you want to do, but I don't really want to be in the middle of your possible like relationship mistakes. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think she did the right thing. I mean, this isn't really advice. It's like, <laughs> this is, this is. Well, more she's like, basically is, like, is the is this? She's saying, is this crazy? Yeah, and it I, sounds like someone has told her like you're crazy for doing this, and they're not you. They know how you feel. No, I, I mean, I think you did the right thing because, I mean, w- whether or not your father is doing something wrong or right. Uh, at 21 years old, if your father brings in this new family dynamic into the house and you are not really in the mood to deal with it, what what a great time to be motivated yeah. to to increase your own independence. So Yeah, I'm very proud of her for being like I like maybe she's wa- been wanting to do this and this is the universe telling you like this is the time, get your own place, get your own job, find your independence like you said and um but like also you don't ha- have to add to the drama. You can be like, I fully support this. I think this actually just like works out perfectly for me to get my own 
place and start my own career. Yeah, and I, I think this is always this is a tough dynamic. The two month part is to me problematic. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel like that's a lot to impose upon your daughter. But at the same time, I know there are many situations where a parent meet somebody and then eventually they want to move in and some children can struggle with that and maybe sometimes irrationally so because obviously everyone has to have their their own life but in this situation the two months makes me think that you're probably better off to just get out of there because that, that that's just that that is a in my opinion it's a recipe for disaster but it may not be but you have no obligation to stick around for that once by the way you can afford uh the decisions that you've made I feel like it's if people are telling you that it's dramatic, I feel like she's actually avoiding the potential for like insane drama of you being in a dysfunctional relationship. Did she say that people were telling her it was dramatic or you're just assuming that? No, but I'm assuming it by the way. She's like, "Is, is this crazy? Like she's doubting her decision. And I'm assuming maybe the dad was like, this is so dramatic. You don't have to leave. But he also probably wants her to feel her support. And you can make it clear to him, like, I support you. I just think, you know, this might work out better for everyone. Listen, it's awkward. Um, it's awkward when people have guests over, you know? It's I know. awkward when, like, another family member has, like, friends staying over. So it's doubly awkward when your father moves in, his new girlfriend, and their kid. That's awkward, so it's fine. But secondly... Look, if I can't take a peaceful poop in my own house, I'm moving out. Amen. Uh, secondly, um, th- th- this is like... This is like not a big deal. You don't need to be concerned at all because like moving out at your age and trying it, worst case scenario, you move home with your tail between your legs. That's not a big deal. Happens all the time. I think in every way, uh, you know, it's a good idea. The only thing I will suggest is to try to maintain a good relationship with your father. Yes. Now, now, now that you've, you've created this space, which will probably actually make it easier for you to maintain a good relationship with your father. The frustrations you would have had by staying may have actually ended up causing a rift. Now, let's do this. This is complicated. This one's complicated. Hey, Hannah and Des. Um, so I could use your advice to figure out if I should break up with my boyfriend of two and a half years. Uh, we lived together. I moved states to be with him earlier this year. So it's a three-hour flight from family. And literally everything is perfect about him. Wouldn't change a single thing as a partner. Like he prioritizes me. Um, His communication is the best I've ever had in a relationship. Um, He's also sober. So he's done a lot of self-work and literally just wouldn't change anything about him as a partner. But we have differing political views and it's like arguments always come up over these issues in the world and we just like can't figure out a way to just like not talk about it. And then I also dislike his friends. Um, They suck. They make fun of people for no reason and it's just negative energy to be around. But He's the perfect partner to me. So I'm like, can this work? Okay. Dilemma. This this is really good. Really good dialer dilemma. Whenever people say I love him, but I don't love his friends, it makes me nervy because at the end of the day, I think that he's just like his friends. Like normally, like, you know, when a girl's like, oh, like all the guys are gross. They all cheat on their <laughs> significant others, but not my, my, my man. And it's like, it always makes me nervous. The people that he aligns himself with, because you really become the five people that you're closest with. Um, also using the word perfect is 
tough too because he's clearly not perfect and nothing no one's perfect nothing's perfect so i would take that out of the vocab to see it in the most like let's be honest religion and politics if i don't match up is difficult for me in like a serious relationship yeah, it's uh, th- this is this is a this is a toughie because I have I have some friendships with people that voted for Trump, for example, and it doesn't affect our friendship. But I will not talk about politics with them. Uh, she's saying that they're struggling to not talk about it, mm-hmm. um, which you know that's not a that's not a problem because it what it means is that you know you're both passionate about it and it and it, it's something that is like in your relationship and that will always be a point of conflict you know i mean kellyanne conway and george conway <laughs> they did they didn't make it <laughs> yeah and i obviously it, there is things like it's okay to have different political stances on things i love to like learn different things about people's experiences and politics i like to learn about different like religious stuff whatever but if it's like contention also sometimes i don't we don't know where people stand but if i feel like the guy i'm with doesn't understand like women's rights that drives me insane and it makes you feel like unseen and like if he's such a good communicator but you guys can't communicate well about like the worlds and what's going on in the world maybe it's not what you thought it was this is also i'm toxic because the second you were like should i break up their boyfriend i said yes and whenever I feel like if someone's asking, I feel like they want me to say that because like that's that's what they want to do. <laughs> yeah, I just I feel like this one's just a little more complicated because she's expressing she's expressing that, that she loves a, him and uh, he's no, great she, in no, a lot of ways. She's also expressing that yeah, he's great in 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 many many ways. Their only issue is their political differences, and I you know she clearly thinks his friends are like a bit cruel, like their sense of humor is a bit mm-hmm. is a bit cruel, you know? Mm-hmm. And like that's a tough clash. I would personally think that's something that you should monitor. I don't think that's something that you take immediate action on, but if it just gets to the point where it begins to outshine all the the quote unquote perfect things that you talked about, then you have yeah. to then you really have to take a look at it, you know? But you're right. In relationships there are going to be difficulties and you want to decide like what is the difficulty that I can cope with and if it's you know that kind of stuff and it doesn't get too heated but also like people grow people learn like maybe you'll see his side on some things maybe he'll see your side but it sounds like you guys have tried this and it hasn't really worked the hardest breakups are ones where he is a good guy where he hasn't cheated on you where he's great but there's just something missing like and people don't talk enough about those kind of breakups because i think the media glorifies like she came home and he was in bed with another woman it's like a lot of the time it's just like you're amazing you were great to date for a while but i don't know if i want to spend the rest of my life with you i think that this is definitely uh you know you have a you have a good relationship you've moved three hours flight away from your family and i think this would definitely not be a rash breakup this would be a breakup where you should talk to uh, like like a, a a relationship therapist before you broke mm. up only because I would assume that this is a, is a is a point of conflict a, a, a common point of conflict and I would think that 
uh, a relationship therapist might have like some some more solid or certainly confident advice than 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 yeah. we would you know also i'm interested with what the mothers would think cuz i haven't experienced this but i know that once you have a kid it can add more tension if you're not aligned with like parenting and how is this going to affect kind of how you guide the children and how they see the world so that is just like deeper stuff that i don't have experience with but maybe some mothers could speak to i mean let's face it she voted for biden he voted for trump we all know (laughs) we all know what's going on here (laughs) so uh i you know but but i you know i i do think that this is like this is definitely one that you you see a therapist before before you break up uh and i'm sure we'll have a lot of the one thing i the one thing i would love like i feel like this is one a lot of people have opinions on so don't be afraid to share with us your opinions on stuff. We will gladly have a recap next week uh, because because this is one of those ones where like a lot of people are going to have opinions. I feel so. Uh, stay tuned for perhaps even more advice next week. Let's mm-hmm. let's let's go to the next one. Oh, and one last thing. I also think it is easy to get in these situations because I've like met people who like have completely different religious and political views than me. But I'm like, he's tall. And I will be like, I don't care. And the next thing you know, you're like living with them, three kids. And you're like, I don't fucking agree with you about anything. So it's easy to get in this type of situation for sure. All right, let's go with this. Hi, Hannah and Des. Giggler and Dialer here. I love the pod. I was just at Hannah's show in Columbus. Um, I'm calling in to get advice on my love life, my career, just my life in general, all of the above. I uh, just ended a six-year relationship, and I now have a house alone. Um, I'm a teacher. I like my job. I don't love my job, and I have been debating trying to get a job overseas and going to teach overseas. I don't know. Um, I'm a tourist. We just had this eclipse. I feel like now it's my time to do something crazy, ruin my life, turn my life upside down. I just need some advice. I feel like this is a good one for you to take first. Oh, okay. Well, what do you think I'm going to (laughs) say? Look, when I went to China, it changed my fucking life. And, you know, it might have not been ideal or the right time, but I never regret it once because I learned about other cultures. I learned about myself. And there's never a bad time to go and experience new things. Uh, I mean, you, you nailed it on the head. Uh, uh, but I, I think when you're young, I, you know, I, I think she, you know, she's, she's young. She's just broken up with somebody. She has a job. She didn't love her job, you know? So this is the, this is the ideal time to do that, to work abroad. I, I just can't see a negative, you know? Um, obviously there's factors that we don't know in terms of like what the house she has on her own, if she owns it or whatever, but like just assuming that, the only risk that she'll be taking is giving up a job that she doesn't love. As a teacher, I feel like you'll have plenty of opportunities when you come home. And I think that you will, your life will be a better life because you traveled abroad. Uh, whether it's learning a language, or you're just going to meet new people. It's just, it's, a, it's absolute, it's essential. I think it's essential that you do it. And I, it's very rare that I would throw down uh, 
like such strong advice because obviously yeah. you just never know how it's going to affect people. But I've never met anybody that regretted uh, working abroad for a while. And I think she's right. She knows that this is a unique time in her life that she may never have again. She could meet someone tomorrow. She could have kids. She could find a job that if you leave, like it's a, I feel like this is a beautiful thing. And call me a crazy hippie. Me and you are kind of crazy hippies where obviously society tells us a way you should live your life. You know, we grew up with some parents in the 80s who were like, you get a, a job and you work it for 25 years and you get retired. But this is like social constructions of what people think you should do with your life and I think it's very fun to be like if there weren't all these rules and if my parents weren't asking me how my job's going every day what would I want to do in this short life that we live and I think you go a lot of it is like going with your gut just like how people are like should I break up with my boyfriend if someone asks me should I go travel that means you want to go travel girl get out there get your passport and do your thing I think that was a quick one, but I, 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 I wanted to give my two cents on and that. And you're also so right. As a teacher, you have like all this talent and degrees and capability to help the future anywhere you go. And and then also like my mom's a teacher and then she eventually was like, I want to do other stuff. She became a principal. She did um, development stuff. There's There's so many different directions you can go. If you can think it, you can do it. I recommend uh, you make a lot of money teaching English in Korea, but you know whatever you decide to do, and I'm sure you've already thought about it from the from the way that you're talking. Let's let's go to the next one because uh, we're going to be seeing an Instagram picture of a plane ticket pretty soon on that one. I think she's. You know, she, babe, we should do something about travel stories in the future. Wonderful. Oh no, let's do this one. This is a fun one. Okay, here we go. Hi, Des and Hannah. Um, I need some sex advice. So I recently started seeing this guy and we've had sex now a couple of times, very early stages, and he's just like missing where the clitoris is. Like, I think he thinks that like he's hidden it in all different like positions, doing different things. And I think he's like hyped about it, but I'm just sitting there and laying there like, no, it's not, not hidden, right? But I don't know how to say anything. So I would love to know like early on in a relationship, kind of how you adjust someone. Um, and I hate when guys just like think that they're so good at something. And I just want to be like, um, no, you're actually not, but I don't want to insult him. But like, I need to look out for myself and my personal needs. So yeah, I would love to just know like how to approach in the early stages without sounding insulting or mean. Um, yeah, please let a girl know. Love you guys. Favorite topic. What a great question. And I love that she's raising awareness. It's not just a joke. Some men really can't find the clit. Either they don't care, they don't know, they're, they're, another girl had it in a different place and they think it's there. I think you lean into like every girl's different. Vaginas are complicated. This is normal. This is okay. This is how I like it. Can I show you? And it's also, I feel like guys don't like to read your mind they actually love straight up instruction and i think you don't play it as like how could you not fucking find my clit it's more like actually you know what i really like when you do this over here and when you feel this that means you're doing it well you just you have to tell guys because women that there's just a lot more variation in terms of what a woman needs than what a man needs i literally have jokes about it it's like a very long routine that i have and 
uh, it, it's not like it's up to the woman to say. And I really, I, I appreciate her concern because a lot of men are like sensitive about it. But like, if you end up saying to the guy, listen, your hand needs to be here or your tongue needs to be here and he gets offended by it, then he's not really a guy that you want to be with that much. At the end of the day, they, you have to get, a man has to be comfortable with you telling, you're doing him a favor because he's going to enjoy it more when you're actually enjoying it. Because I think sometimes, uh, just to advocate for men here a little bit, uh, sometimes um, women sort of make this assumption that men are like thinking that they're great, but they're not actually communicating. So the guy can't know. I mean, like some men, they aren't wizards to know exactly what you like. So it is important for you. And he's to trying to be confident, you know, like he's not going in being like, oh, I don't know. Like he's trying to, you know, have some swag. But but from my days of doing the shift with Katie, um, I feel like a lot of women have had negative experiences of telling a guy, so I can appreciate the hesitancy. But I think that any guy who responds negatively to you trying to help mm -hmm. him out, mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, that's a red flag anyway. So find out the red flag and get some more pleasure for yourself. It's definitely like to give a dog a bone. Like deal with that little bit of awkwardness to tell him how you not like this is how you do it it's like this is how i like it and then if it works then you go oh my god you're so good at that and then next thing you know he's fine and he feels great and then he'll want to repeat it so like it's not it's it's literally just two people getting to know each other this is part of the process and if he doesn't care to listen to you and your needs that's going to be in other things in the relationship too and I'll get out of that, girly. <laughs> Let's do one more. Okay. Hi, Hannah and Des. A uh, huge fan of the show. Um, I need some advice on how to make friends in your 30s. Um, I just want to have a friend that I can gossip with, lie on the couch, and do nothing with and be in silence because I have crippling social anxiety. Um, but also someone who just would be down for like a glass of wine or I don't even fucking know, but yeah. What's your advice on making friends in your thirties? Thanks. Love y'all. First of all, welcome to the social anxiety club. She actually, you sound very cool, very chill. And I love how she's like, I want a friend to not speak to them because <laughs> I know exactly what she's talking about. If she sounds similar to me where I, when I say I want a friend, like I do not want, like, I don't need tons of friends. I just need like one person I really fuck with. And I think leaning in towards like who you really are. Like if you're with a group of people or you're at work, like let them know like, ugh, it's hard making friends. I have social anxiety. I just want to chill. And when you put that energy out, those people will find you. So don't pretend to be like, oh, I'm fun. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I want to party. I like that. Like lean into your social anxiety, lean into the awkwardness. And that's how you connect with people. Um, cause when you force stuff, it's more difficult, but 30, your thirties, people don't have time to just like go on friend dates and like try to meet all these new people. It's kind of, you just want to find that one person it is like finding a boyfriend. Yeah. I, 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 I've said this before, actually, in a previous when we were doing it on Burning in Hell. But you have to like, you have to like join clubs. You know, you have to like, you have to like 
do shit where you're stuck with people and it's just easier to connect with people in like a organized situation. Like whether it's yeah. yoga or golf or what I like, honestly, whatever you're into, like you have to kind of like step out of your comfort zone and like do a group thing. I find that that's, yeah. that's kind of like having and having a hobby that you have this enjoy. Like for example, a girl, I'm recently have a new friend and the reason I'm so close to her out of nowhere in my 30s is because we both played tennis. So like if we didn't have tennis, I would have never A, ran into her, her or B, felt feel as close as I do to her. So really lean into like what's something I really like to do because that'll already help you find people who are like a little more similar to you to be like real quality friends. I think when you're younger, it's so easy to be like, oh, you like to party? I like to party. We're besties. And that's why there's a lot of like toxic friendships in your 20s because like you're actually quite different people so in your 30s I totally agree I did like a volleyball league that was really fun I make a lot of friends now when like burning in hell helped me like it was like a coffee date to me because I would meet all these people because I'd be like come on my podcast so it really is you have to put yourself out there and then like honestly you sound like a really just like cool person be confident in yourself don't change for anything and with friends I really know like immediately like oh I fuck with this person and then it happens so quickly, but it's true. You have to take that effort to do those leagues and shit. Like it sounds cheesy, but like book club, like going to like a film festival if you're into film. Pottery. Like, pottery. Well, pottery. Like any, you know, like it's it's impossible to say because we don't know what you're into, uh, Dialer. But mm-hmm. anything that you're into, find uh, some something that you can do in like a group setting and just to put yourself out of your comfort zone and just do it, I guarantee you'll get a good result. Like Hannah and I have tons of friends in West Hampton that we literally met from playing beach volleyball that I that we didn't know before the pandemic. And and these beach volleyball people, some of them I've ne- I don't even know what they do for a living. But if I, I see them, I give them a huge hug. We've been through so many intense games together. We've had so many good laughs and you feel yeah, and this they, like and, and really they, beautiful connection. They've come to your shows, you know, like... And we did not know these people before the pandemic. And like, I would consider them very close friends. And it's such good advice because in your 30s, it's very hard to like just join a already established friend group. Like, that's it's true, you know, when everyone has like their own inside jokes and you're like, yes, so Stacy. And you're like, I don't know what we're talking about right now. So create your own new squad. And I do think. Um, it also helps your own happiness to get out of your own head when you have social anxiety to be like, oh, I'm not just here talking to people. Like we're playing a volleyball game. We're like painting, you know, at paint class. And I do think it's like, remember the last time you had so many friends that was in school because you were forced to be there with people in an organized setting. So it's kind of like playing school again in your 30s and know that you're not alone. And there are a lot of people, like for example, I'm married now. So I feel myself leaning towards like when I meet another person who's married, I'm like, oh, maybe we could do more similar things together. So see what your situation is and and you'll find like-minded people. They are out there. And I love that you're you're manifesting it by putting it out there into the universe. So I guess that's it. We had a we're across oceans, but we made it happen. And I love giving advice. Let us know um, in the reviews if you guys like the re- the advice because we'll definitely do it more often. Um, and any ideas you guys have for Collins, we have a bunch. Keep an eye out on our Instagram um, for the prompt of the week. Hannah's going to be on the Drew Barrymore show on November third. <gasps> Oh my gosh, I haven't even said this on Giggly Squad yet. Yes, I am going to be on the Drew, Bar- Drew Barrymore show. I don't know what, what time it airs, but it is on the 3rd. 
And I also just announced new comedy dates. I'm going to Charleston. Um, I'm going to Troy, New York, Atlantic City, Saginaw, Michigan, Gary, Indiana, Cincinnati, Ohio, pre-sale code comedy. Get it now. And also, because I, I, I need more subscribers on my YouTube because I'm going to be putting my special on YouTube. So if anyone is going to be interested in seeing my special, uh, go to my YouTube, which is, which is Des Buffer, actually. Uh, Des Buffer is my YouTube. His YouTube's great, and he also has his documentary, Breaking China, where he goes to China to learn stand-up comedy in Mandarin on his YouTube. That's right, six-part yes. series. Um, yes. And uh, yeah, so that's it. We love you guys so much, my little dialers. I'm obsessed with all of you. If you see us on the street, give us a holler. Um, and we'll chat with you soon. Time to hang up. Bye. <laughs> Bye.